1: Radio Red, thank you to Mr. Ryan Treasure, formerly longtime at Voice America Radio. Miss you and love your voice. Ryan, thank you so much for that perennial. Introduction. Radio Red in the house. We're here with Read My Lips, and I've got three hardworking creatives, very, very interesting people, and we're going to be talking about creativity tonight. I've titled this episode, Accidental Purposeful Creativity, and I think some of you on the panel will understand why, one in particular. But first, we have a couple of homework assignments. Uh, First of all, everybody wave hello to Facebook. Hello, Facebook. There we are. We're on Facebook Live. Wave. That's it. Oh, good. We practiced that wave. On the count of three, I want you all to say hello, L, L, L. I'll give you the cue. Just in that cadence. Don't rush it. Don't go too slow. One, two, three. Hello, L, L, L. -L 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 I didn't hear enough oomph to that. She's going to be very insulted. Let's try it again. A little louder. One, two, three. Hello,
2: L, L. L. L.
1: L. L. Josh, I think that was the best ever. Seriously. Wow. You all did very, very well. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. And Mike, I want you to know that she lives in Whitestone, New York, and I've been trying to get her to move to London. I've taken up a fictitious GoFundMe for about five years now, and I want to move to London, but the weather was so crap The politics, you don't even want, she doesn't want to go there. So I think I'm going to move her to Larchmont, which doesn't require a lot of money because it's near Whitestone, but she doesn't like Larchmont. So we'll have to figure out a place with an L to move. Laura has been listening to my show for years and years, and I'm warning you that at about 8.01 p.m., I will get an email from lovely, lanky Laura Legs. We met at, at dance class, and she will tell me exactly what each of you said on the show. She will give me a summary. It's like a little diary of what you all said on the show. And she'll tell me how wonderful you were. So don't let her down. Anyway, today is November 14th. I can't believe Thanksgiving is, when is it coming up that fast? Next week, I hear the turkeys are at a premium, both to find them is difficult and to pay for them is difficult. And Jeff Bezos said today, don't make any major investments. I hope he wasn't talking about turkey. There you go. Well, he can afford to say that. He has it all. We are going to be talking today to some very interesting people. But before I introduce them, I have to tell you that I have a TV, Show referral. I watched a very quirky, funky, odd, dark comedy series that just previewed premiered on uh, Prime Video about a week ago called Mammals, starring James Corden. I didn't know he was an actor before he was a late night host, and he is something really special as an actor. But the show is crazy. It's weird. It's six twenty-eight minute episodes and you can binge them on a Saturday night if you have nothing better to do and popcorn or hot chocolate or a beer or something like that. But my family was here this weekend and we binged it. At the end we said, what? That's what you're going to say at the end. No spoilers. What? And that's how it goes. Very, very well written. Very good characters. And uh, it got panned a little by some of the critics, but I loved it. I never give TV reviews, but that's the one. So November 14th, it's the 318th day of 2022. Gregorian calendar. I want everybody on the camera three to say thank you, Greggy. One, two, three. Thank, Thank you, you. Greggy. Now, who Great. do we know who has their calendar is something still in effect hundreds or thousands of years later? He must have been a really smart dude. There are 47 days left in 2022. This is the 46th Monday. Nobody gives a you-know-what except me. But the reason I tell you how many days left is because Kellyanne and Elizabeth and Mike, I'll introduce you in a minute, you're running out of time to either, let me see, Kellyanne is going to be making kalua in the sink in her garage, so you better get started. You want all those good flavors to melt. Mike is going to be making using the still for what used to be Prohibition Liquor in the backyard, mm-hmm. and you better get started because it takes a while for those whiskey flavors to really, you know, oaky, you want oaky. And Elizabeth, she wants me to call her Liz, is going to be buying a really special bottle of something at an online wine store, and the shelves are going to be empty very, very soon. <laughs> (laughs) probably before Thanksgiving. So Liz, you get to get started. They have a little more time. Yes. And uh, today is the birthday of somebody very famous in the wine business. I'll get to that later. We are in the Western Zodiac of Scorpio, October 23rd to 21. Is anybody here a Scorpio? Anybody? No,
2: neither Mm -hmm. am I. I'm a leader. My husband is. Well, My husband is, so I have to live with a Scorpio.
1: (laughs) Well, okay. Very close relative of mine is a Scorpio, too. I should talk to you about what you you think that means. Uh, When is his birthday, Elizabeth? It was a week ago today, November 7th. Wish him a happy belated birthday from all Thank of us here at Read My Lips Radio. There you go. So now I'll tell you who my special guests are. Just wave hello to Facebook when I introduce you briefly and then you're going to give your own bio in a couple minutes. Mike Daduca is here D I D U C A with a capital D and a capital D. I love your bio, Mike. I don't know which one I want to talk more about. An industry disruptor. He's a business baker. Gotta figure that one out. He's a market share maker. He's a design fiend, okay. He's a brand magician. He's a storyteller, and he's the CEO and co-founder of the Academy of Behavioral Change. Mike, that's a lot to fit in one line there, but we did it. So thank you very much, and you're going to be elaborating in just a moment there. Thank you for joining me. Liz Katkin, I think I can try to call you Liz for the rest of the show. Liz is an attorney who li- has lived and worked in, well, she gets around, London, Moscow, the United Arab Emirates. She's traveled all over the world. And why? Because she was on a quest to become a parent. And she calls herself an accidental fertility expert. And she does have her own children. Liz, welcome. We're going to hear a little bit about your your travels and your journey. Thank you so much. Kellyanne Peterson is with us. Wave hello, Kellyanne. Kellyanne is a family intervention specialist. She's the creator of an online parenting curriculum and author of the upcoming memoir. And there's a beautiful picture. Those of you on Facebook can see right behind her to her left, our right. It's called Wounded Heart, Graceful warrior, Kellyanne Peterson. Peterson with an O before the end. Kellyanne, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Very serious people. And the topic today is accidental purposeful creativity. That's what I wish for everyone. So let's go around the table. Mike DeDuca, I put you first. I'm going to put you on speaker view. Take about three minutes. That's the rule around the table here. We're having a conversation. Mike. Pick any one or all 5,000 of the adjectives <laughs> that you gave me in your bio. And who is the real Mike Daduca? Do? You don't just stand yeah. up, just tell us and sit down. Mike, welcome
3: first yeah thank you thank you very much for having me here. um first and foremost I'm I'm a smitten husband um, I'm a blessed father so those are my two priorities in life um but overall I've I've been in entrepreneurship my entire life ran many businesses and uh my most recent one I was acquired by a public company on the NasDAq um so I, I really enjoy watching entrepreneurs create and pursue their dreams and uh, realize the results. Um, What else can I tell you about you? Yeah, I I love branding. I love marketing. I love design. I love really taking something world-class and bringing it up to the next level. It's a very crowded marketplace out there, a lot of noise. And I believe creativity is kind of intelligence having fun. So it's it's really about kind of upping your brand and, and getting people to take notice. So that's really what my passion is. And uh, I've had a lot of fun in many of my previous endeavors. And my next one is really about writing a book, um, The ABCs of Success. And, and my mission is really to kind of pay it forward and help other entrepreneurs realize their dreams.
1: Thank you, Mike. I have to know. I know what an industry disruptor is. I know what a market share maker is, I think. I know what a storyteller is and a brand magician. What is a business, Baker? you got to help me out here.
3: I just love Taking, uh, successful businesses and, and baking other avenues for it, other products, other services. So really kind of creating unique selling propositions that add extra revenue and, and provide the customer a, a better product or a solution for any needs they desire. So I love to bake business, um, like a recipe, the right ingredients and away we go. And, uh, hopefully we have a nice cake at the end.
1: Well, I thought you were going to bring us some cakes on the show when you say business baker. Is that a term you coined yourself or is that something you borrowed?
3: Um, It's something I just fell out of my mouth, just like market maker. So I kind of really stuck with it. And uh, I did own a catering company a long time ago. And within six months, we were able to cater the Deputy Prime Minister of Canada. So I I really enjoy the baking aspect, too
1: you baked that business pretty well there thank you very much a lot of frosting on top congratulations on all of your success and i might have a spot for you in one of my business shows you and i will talk Mm -hmm. after the show let's Mm -hmm. move on liz katkin i'm putting you on speaker view liz officially welcome to read my lips love to have you tell us more about who you are and what you've done and where you've been liz go ahead
2: hi thanks for having me it is a pleasure to be here um so your, your intro summarized it pretty well, but I'll say I, um, I started out as a lawyer um, and I have been a lot of places we see where I've been and how I got here, but um, I started out as a lawyer. Um, I was not one of these kids that grew up thinking, oh, I really wanna be a lawyer. I really had no idea what I wanted to do, um, but I knew that I wanted to travel. That was one thing that I really did know. Um, from a pretty young age and I knew I wanted to see the world. And um, I kind of fell into law and spent my whole career overseas, which was fantastic. Um, And then as you mentioned, I I really do consider myself a completely accidental fertility expert. I was working and got married and decided my husband and I decided it was time to have children and it just didn't happen. So it it took us a long time to get pregnant and I got pregnant and had a miscarriage pregnant had another miscarriage pregnant had another miscarriage. And after four started to pursue what most of the world might think are pretty unconventional means. And uh, I think that's a lot where the creativity came in. Um, I've always thought of myself as a creative person, though law might not seem like a creative career. And uh, I remember very well having a conversation with a good friend when I was a very young lawyer who is a very creative guy. And my friend was a writer and an artist and a much more typical creative. And I said, something one day really casually about loving being creative. And he said, do you think that you're creative? Like you're a lawyer. Why do you think that you're creative? And I think that really sparked something for me because it really made me think deeply about who I was and why I thought I was creative. And it was also a realization that you don't have to have a creative career to be creative. Um, I don't think I had a good answer for him at the time, but I was like, I'm creative in everything that I do. And I think the reason I'm a good lawyer is that I'm constantly creating very unconventional solutions for my clients. Like if the conventional answer is no, I'm really great at thinking about a way around it. And that's really how I approached my fertility journey and it was quite a varied journey from from touching a fertility stone to sitting under a fertility tree in Africa to drinking fertility tinctures in China and taking German homeopathic herbs. I really left no stone unturned and after being told my four doctors and a couple scientists that I would never have children. I now have my own healthy son and daughter and I feel it in a way like I created them. So wow. that's my story. And I, I really wanted to share that journey with others. So now I, I spend most of my time helping other women and men and couples um, to navigate their own fertility journey. And everyone's journey is different.
1: Liz, thank you so much. Thank you for embellishing on that little overview I gave. You certainly did create your solution, you found a way to bring in what you needed. All of those stones you touched, trees you sat (laughs) under, teas and tinctures you you dared to drink. Somehow something worked. And, you know, they talk about the law of attraction and putting out there the vibration to the universe of what you want. And it will come to you. Well, maybe that was at work too. Nobody really knows. But thank you so much. And and you brought up a great point when you were introducing yourself, Liz. You said you, you weren't the typical creative. And that's why I don't, say, when I go to the National Publicity Summit where I left, all, let, met all three of you, I don't say you have to be a singer or a dancer or an artist or an architect to be on my show because we're all creating our lives. I didn't pop out of my mother's womb with a manual telling me what I was going to do. Did any of you No. Know? We are figuring it out and people, oh, improv, that's okay. What do you think we're doing? We're not scripted. We're improv this conversation. So we're all creatives. And you are now part of my creatives by being here tonight. So thank you very much, Liz. I'm so happy your quest was answered and you found a way to make that happen. Kellyanne, you're up. Let's hear from you. What have you done? What are you all about? Kellyanne Peterson, officially welcome. Go ahead.
4: Okay. I was waiting for you to read my bio. <laughs> um, and And by the way, can I take Mike's job? Because my grandmother actually had a still when I was growing up and I did much better with a still in the backyard than making Kahlua. Cause I don't like coffee flavored stuff. So there you go. Well, you certainly can hold on, Mike. Is that okay? If she.
3: I'm passing on the torch. Okay.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much. I've never had a guest say that Kelly. I'm very glad I just pick and choose around the table. It doesn't matter to me. You just go ahead. And we, we want that. We're ready for a glass when you're ready. Kelly Ann, tell me everything about you. What do you do? Go ahead.
4: You know, I think I've been a creative since the day I was born. I was the only one in the family that liked to sing and dance and do everything, role play. My brother and I spent hours when we were growing up practicing the sound of closing doors and walking feet on the radio because we used to love to listen to these radio stories. And uh, when I got older and I started working with families, I wound up doing the same thing. Like I just, found creative solutions for everything. I love adding humor to stressful environments. Um, My husband dropped a screw down the back of a dryer and he had to take the whole entire dryer apart to get this stupid screw, but it would have been like a five minute repair. Um, And we were on the floor laughing our heads off. Like I had like stitch pain in my sides because I just imagined like we came up with crazy ideas like, you know, maybe you could put jello down there and suck it back up with a straw or something <laughs> like that, you know. <laughs> so, imagination, creativity, but that's what made me great at the work I did. When I was working professionally with social work agencies, which is what you said, a family intervention specialist was officially my title. Now, I, I'm a parent coach, so I can bre- branch out more and help more families, but, I mean, we did that. I mean, I did crazy stuff with juvies um, to get them to connect. I had a boy who was convinced that the money he made selling drugs was the best thing. And now that he was going to be a dad, he'd be fine. And then I went through all the cost of having a baby. And we put a budget up in a, in a group setting. You should have seen those kids' faces drop. <laughs> like, what? You have to pay for diapers? And diapers cost that much? And so... I mean, to me, that's creative, right? We're taking real life things and, and having fun. And of course, we put silly things up there like, you know, then you have to have the Velcro jacket, you know, and it has to be on the backside. So when the kid's bugging, you, you can stick them Velcro to the wall um, and come back to them later. You know, little things like that just really brought fun to the work that I did. And now I've, I've added some of that fine to the to my parent coaching the online parenting curriculum that I teach. Um, And you'll see some of that humor too in my book, uh, Wounded Heart, Graceful Warrior. But I just like working with families. One of the things I found the most that you and I talked about previously before you invited me on the show is how I've been able to use the arts specifically. Mm -hmm. Role play. Um, I teach, because I'm certified in art therapy, I actually teach art therapy to parents to help them find out what their kids can't communicate that's causing them to be stressed out in the moment and you know one of the best ways to de-stress is get some play-doh build something and smash it to pieces later on (laughs) do you know what I mean (laughs) that's interesting and do you do that in your family therapy Kellyanne Yeah. And as for parent coaches, I teach the parents how to do these things with their kids. But even my daughter was having a bad day the other day. My children range from 39 to age three. Um, And my 39-year-old called me. She was stressed out. She has uh, cows and ducks and stuff and goats. And the goats are on loan. I guess she's someone's leasing her space so she can keep them there they drive her crazy so we were talking about how we would just let the pigs go free and chase the goats because they chase each other all the time I mean and that's creative like how else can you de-stress so she's out there in her boots full of mud you know racing around trying to get the goats and (laughs) we decided to use the pigs to herd the goats back into the area they needed to go I mean come on let's just have fun with life and all those things are creative
1: it's long, long overdue. Well, thank you very much. And and you certainly applied creativity. And, and as Liz said a few minutes ago, people say, oh, you're a lawyer. How creative would you be? Could you be? Of course, you have to be creative with a difficult client. You got to figure out a way to defend them or to whatever, whatever it is. We see it on the TV law shows all the time. And Mike, you've got to figure out how to be creative in putting companies together, baking in those special secret ingredients for success and being able to have that wonderful exit strategy if that's in the cards. Thank you all for your bio. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm glad to have met your show's over. No, I'm kidding. We only have a little (laughs) more left. Uh, Let's go to, I've asked each of you to please send me a favorite movie or TV fictional character quote or a line from a song lyric. And you're going to explain what it has to do with creativity. And Mike, you picked one of my favorite lines. I must use it in my business conversations once or twice a week. And we all know what it is. It's like a buzzword. Somebody's got to crochet it on a pillow. I bet they already, it must be t-shirts and banners and everything The The quote, of course, is from Yoda, voiced and puppeteered by the wonderful Frank Oz, Star Wars, Episode V. That's five. Those of you who didn't take Roman numerals in school, The Empire Strikes Back. It's the epic space opera film series, 1980. Yoda, if you've been living under a rock, I don't know where Yoda comes from, is a fictional character in the Star Wars universe, appearing first in this movie, a small green humanoid alien, powerful within the Force, and a leading member of the Jedi Order. Frank Oz reprised Yoda. I'm hearing people talking. We got somebody talking in the background? Anybody? You know what, Josh? I think it's coming from the control room there. You want to mute your mic? That would be great. I'm not sure where it's coming from. We hear a woman's voice talking. Anyway, um, anyway, I'm going to give the quote, Mike, and I do use this all the time. Do or do not. There is no try. And I'm not going to do a Yoda impression because it would really bomb <laughs> out. Mike, can you do Yoda?
3: I can't. I can't. I, I won't even. Anybody try. on the show try?
1: <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. Is that even close? Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. I've offended Mike. Mike, tell me what this has to do with creativity. Go ahead. Rescue me.
3: Um, from everything, from anything in life, in order to get from A to B, you know, um, that's really how I, I I share with my kids is you know do or do not. There is no try. Um, you have to have the right mindset. And through the right mindset, and you talked about law of attraction earlier on, that once you start to conceive something in your brain and believe it, and you kind of make that assimilation that there is no try here, I'm going right for it, you'll, you'll be amazed at what the universe will deliver for you.
1: There we go. We want the universe to deliver for us. Right, Liz? Right, Kellyanne? There we go. Thank you, Liz Kat- Kat- Katkin. I, I play words with friends with a woman whose last name is Cotkin, so forgive me here. Never met her, but she's a cousin, a distant cousin of a, a friend who used to direct my TV show. This is interesting. The character is Roman Roy, played by Kieran Culkin. Not the other Culkin, this is the brother. <laughs> the TV show, I, have, I only watched a little bit and I didn't like it, but it keeps winning awards and awards and awards. It's Succession, the HBO satirical black comedy drama TV series, 2018 to 2023 season four should be just dropping around now. Logan Roy's son, Roman Roy, exudes the bravado and cockiness his father desires from an executive, but his immaturity and lack of focus have kept him from advancing within the company. So here is the line. He says, well, Kim Jong-pop, because that's not how things work in this country. Just don't get political on me, Liz,
2: but go ahead. <laughs> what does this have to do with creativity, please? Um so first of all, I can't believe you don't like the show. So I, I had actually never seen the show, and then it was the the awards shows, like you were just mentioning. Like I, every actor was nominated for something. I think all the half the best supporting actor candidates. Yeah, were I
1: succession. have to go back and watch it now that and, I know uh, how good it was. Go when ahead. I
2: mentioned that to a few people, everyone said how good it was, and I literally just binged the whole first three seasons. Did you like but it? I loved it. Okay, I'll go back. I'm looking
1: for a bingeable. I'm looking for a binge-worthy series. That will be it. Go ahead. uh,
2: And I will confess, I think when I saw your question about your favorite quote from a movie or TV show or song, I was like, oh, I'll think about that. And um, I think I missed the part to tie it to creativity, but I still will meet that challenge. But I was watching (laughs) Succession just then. And when he said that line, I literally burst out laughing. It was just so, I mean, it was in the midst of our political cycle and without getting into politics, you know, like, democracy being on the table, whatever side you're on, has been an issue this cycle. And, um, you know, Logan Roy is the kind of Rupert Murdoch character and really wants to control what everybody has access to knowing and what everybody thinks. And when his son, who's pretty crazy and off the wall, comes out with that line, that's not how things are done in this country, and says it in such a sarcastic way to his his father, I, I burst out laughing. And I think it it does lead to a lot of creativity. He is—he is a crazy and creative guy. But um, I think you know, everyone can think what they want to think, and is—it's the his whole point is you people can do what they want to do, and there's a creativity to living your life. And people don't want to be told you just live in this way and live in this mold. They want to be free to do what they want to do, when and how they want to do it. And um, the the next generation is pushing back on his kind of controlling ways, and I think it's. It's a lot of what we are seeing
1: in our society. But Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I will watch the show. If you watch mammals, I'll watch Succession. I How will watch that? mammals. I just read there, a review.
2: And there also- you go. I will follow up with you online, but if you have know someone named Kotkin, they are probably my relative because we're all the same family. And I haven't oh, met her, a she, Katkin or Kotkin that's not... Somehow, she like, she just
1: moved to Florida. She retired <laughs> to Florida and I play Words with Friends with her and we're about... If anybody knows how to get your core score up on Words with Friends, I've been stuck at 18 for over a year and I'm playing 50 games with 58 different people and everybody's scores are going up 20, 21, 22, 23. And my little number says 18 it's like what am I no good here I mean I'm I'm winning 50 to 60 percent of the games I'm 80 percent of the games I'm playing and I can't get to, and I've googled what do you have to do to get that little number under your your icon if anybody knows email me yes aka radio red at gmail.com thank you that's my public service announcement for tonight <laughs> Kellyanne Peterson I am looking at the quote you sent. This is interesting. The movie Three Amigos, 1986. Was it really that long ago? American Western comedy film Lucky Day, played by Steve Martin. Oh, let's see what we're going to say about this. Great cast three silent film stars are mistaken for real heroes by the suffering people of a small Mexican village. The actors must find a way to live up to their reputation and stop El Guapo, the malevolent bandit. I hope I said that correctly. all oh, Kelly. So I have Kelly and I have the whole scene here. I'm going to read the scene, which includes your quote. Just forgive me, but I want to go through this. So lucky day is Steve Martin. Ned Nederlander is Martin Short and Dusty Bottom's I'm sorry, Dusty Bottoms, is Chevy Chase. So Lucky says, oh, great, you killed the invisible swordsman. That's the line. And Ned says, he's dead, all right. And Dusty says, how was I supposed to know where he was? Lucky says, you were supposed to fire up. We both fired up. And Lucky says, it's like living with a six-year-old. Okay, Kellyanne, just unpack this whole scene for us. You killed the invisible swordsman was the line you pick. So what does it mean for us on our creativity theme?
4: Yes. Well, first of all, it's just the humor of that scene in person watching it, it. I don't know. It's even to this day, if I'm depressed, I watch that story. I see this scene again. It's 86, right? So you're talking, I've been watching this for a long time. I still <laughs> watch out laughing. And, and like, And honestly, like it's one of the life principles. Like how often do you actually accidentally kill an invisible swordsman or something in your life without realizing it until later, right? And kill an opportunity, a a, a situation that could have worked or luckily killed them and got away. I just, I love it. I mean, and they go over and of course they lift up the invisible swordsman's hand and drop it and it goes poof in the dirt, (laughs) Oh, I okay, oh. I, I think we're
1: gonna Mike. I think and Liz. I think we're gonna have to go find that movie, and we're gonna have to go see that scene. It's one one of the one of the famous scenes. Thank you all for the quotes. I appreciate it. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to pick one creativity statement from each of you. you. Each were asked to send me four. I might combine a couple. You don't have to go find your notes. I have them here, and I will read the statement out loud. Mike will start with you, then Liz, and then Kellyanne, and just talk to me about it a little bit. I'm picking statements that are not the same from all of you there usually are some overlaps. so uh mike i'm looking at statement number three this is very interesting and i don't think i've ever heard this before you say one thing that helped my ability this is mike deduca talking to be truly creative and bring quite a few first to market innovations is what i do i always begin with a question what if mike very interesting what does this have to do with creativity talk to us
3: well, I think you have to give your your brain permission. We're we're so used to being labeled, you know, with the school systems and everything, our parents, our culture, everything's got to be within the box. It's got to be labeled and so on. And so, when I ask the question, "What if?" it really gives my mind permission to subconsciously just devour whatever comes to it. I consider it like a kite. <laughs> As a kite flies by, you know, what if? And the 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 ability for the mind to just conceive and create these fascinating situations. So one of my last disruptors was I was able to, you know, take lockers and and a website and kiosks. And what if they could all talk to each other and we could have this automatic store. And so there's just so many, you know, limitless boundaries that you can set by asking the right question.
1: I like that. What if, yes. Yes. And the what if is where a lot of people get hung up, isn't it, Mike? What if, nah, I couldn't do that. Well, you know, what if I name my store, you know, something, something, and people are gonna laugh at me. What if I name my TV show this and that? What if I decided to do, write a book about, nah, everybody would say, well, it's already been done, or who cares, what if, what if, what if. So you have to give yourself that permission Mm. to think the what if, and then say, what if blank, and I can do that exactly very very, exactly. very interesting that's an interesting process uh, I had a guest on several weeks ago who called the whole process create courageous creativity and if you're courageous enough to say what if and then give yourself the green light to try it that's that's it. That's how it goes. Thank you very much. Liz, I'm combining three of your statements because I think they all <laughs> echo each. It's okay. I'm going to read one, two, and four. Just give me a second here. You say, Creative, creativity is my son making incredible things from junk lying around the house. That's one. Number two, she says, creativity is the ability to look at things in an entirely new way or from a new perspective. And then you say, creativity is the ability to make something from nothing, something practical or beautiful in any realm, artistic, scientific, engineering. So let's put those all three together, making something out of junk. Talk yes. to me, Liz. How, to, how, to, how old is your son and what does he do?
2: Oh, my son is 12 and uh, he's been building things from like stuff we're ready to throw away or donate since he was four or five. He's He built an irrigation, he built a garden and then he built an irrigation system for his garden all from like Um, bottles in the recycling and things laying around. And then he built a birdhouse out of other things that we're learning around. Yeah, I I watch him every day and I think that's creativity. Um, To Mike's point about school, putting people in boxes, that's, he doesn't enjoy most of what he has to do in school, but he enjoys like a million other projects that he creates uh, entirely on his own. Um, I think that's interesting. I actually just saw a piece of art in a local park made from found objects that from one direction, if you look at it, it's a butterfly, but if you walk around it from another direction, it's a small child and it's, Mm -hmm. it's amazing how that change of perspective, the exact same pieces of, um, found material create these two beautiful, completely different images and, uh,
1: Interesting. I just saw yeah. the community I'm in in Tennessee now uses they use Nextdoor for everything. Advertising oh, free yeah. and for sale mm-hmm. and commenting on who did a great job washing your windows and who did a crappy job putting in the drain pipe in your garage sink and it's it's a uh, everything for everybody and I'm uh, people say oh so and so violated the rules take their post down. I mean it's political, it's toxic, but it's friendly, <laughs> but it's not and you're rude or why you say. Anyway, somebody posted for I don't know how much 25 50 bucks a sculpture of, it was a, on a plaque, I, I guess about this big, maybe a foot by a foot, of a Harley, but it was made from faucet parts. It was a sculpture wow. on a plaque made from faucet parts. And I thought that was really, right, Liz, really, yeah. really cool to take, yeah. s- take stuff and make stuff. Uh, there's a group in on Long Island who were on my TV show many years ago who who have volunteers go out in boats, scavenger boats to pick up the the b- debris, the crap that people dump into Long Island Sound and they have created a, a male and a female mascot called Flotsam and Jetsam and they brought them to the TV studio made from parts, uh, uh-huh. hats and boots and jackets and and everything, all the stuff and it, just very very interesting. What can you what can you scavenge to clean out the waters. Yes, well, we won't go there. Uh, Kellyanne, I'm looking at your statements number two and three. I'm going to combine these because I like them both. You say, when words are beyond my reach, I take out my canvas and paint. And then you say, my most heartfelt words are written in poems and express great sorrows and joy. So we've got art, we've got painting, and we've got poetry. Talk to us. Which What's your favorite way to express your creativity or whatever's on your mind. Kellyanne?
4: Well, the above. (laughs) It depends on what's going on. Um, Like just the other day, I found a new paint app to put on my cell phone um, and I drew a picture of a woman and half of her face was pink and the other half of her face was gray. And I put on the pink side, hope and the, and the gray side depression. Um, And it was an expression of something that was inside of me but i also shared it um well anyways i do what my daughter calls funny pictures which we put on youtube um it, you know because that's real life and a lot of people deal with the struggle between hope and depression and so i i just use a lot of stuff if i can find anything to mess around with i do i don't think i ever knew what a box looked like until people told me there was one um and so but I just, I love doing that kind of stuff.
1: Yep. I, th- there is something about that whole concept, Liz, about taking something else and making it into something else or making something out of out of nothing. I'm afraid in my case, it leads to in my art studio, I took a sunroom here that doesn't have any classes. It's not a bedroom, there's no heating, but a friend helped me put six Venetian blinds because it's at the back end of the house and the yard is very dark get scared at night there's no lights on that part of the yard and I took my paintings I have 200 paintings I did when I was in Durham uh, mixed media paint pouring acrylics watercolors um, old earrings punched into canvas as lights in a building all, all kinds and I have them here in my office but I turned it into an art studio and I'll take little pieces that I find for example I have a it's it's a lipstick red, but many colors of red, a shag rug that I bought online at wayfair years ago that I just adore because you know, red's my color. And if a piece of yarn and they're long comes out of that rug, I don't throw it away, I'll put it in a box and I'll mm-hmm. use it, I'll glue it onto a canvas and it'll be an eyebrow on this weird character, or it will be a smile, or it'll be a cheek. And so that kind of creativity out of nothing or out of something that isn't needed anymore tends to a little bit of H-O-A-R-D-I-N-G, which I'm not going to admit to. I didn't. <laughs> but if you look at the inside of cookie packages, you'll see that very often the foil that's used to preserve them is smooth and shiny and durable, and it will not crinkle so if you take the inside of commercial cookie packages and you cut out the foil, you can save it and use it for collages. That's something for Liz, for your son. And it makes for wonderful smiles and it makes for silver moons and anything you want to do with it or curly cues things like that. Uh, you could even use it like a ribbon with the back of a scissors and make it, I, I think it'll hold its shape a little bit if you want to twirl it. So there, yes. Porter's delight is finding things to do with repurposing. There we go. I'm off my soapbox now. Let's do some famous birthdays, and then we'll talk more about creativity. If you know the person I'm talking about, and I think... You'll all know most of the people I'm going to mention just yell out happy birthday. First of all, King Charles, III. you remember him. Okay. He was the Prince of Wales. Uh, it's Charles. Charlie longest serving heir apparent in British history, oldest heir apparent in 300 years. He married, we remember princess Di, and then he married Camilla. No comment. Thank you very much. He became the King of the United Kingdom in September 22. Anyway, he's 74 today. There you go. He's almost old enough to become a president. Of- <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Okay. Let's move on. Yanni. Everybody knows Yanni's music. Have you ever heard of him? Yanni? Yes. Yes. No, Mike? No. It's an experience. He's, he's what's called new age. Uh, he's a self- taught new age keyboardist. He blends jazz, classical, soft rock, and world music. He has more than 12 albums that reached number one on Billboard's top new age album list, but he doesn't like the term new age. So he calls his music contemporary instrumental. By the way, he was a Greek champion swimmer at the age of 14. He set a national record for the 50 meter freestyle. At the age of 14. Yanni, you got to go find, listen to Yanni. See, I said something about him and now my nose is itching. See, it's my Mm -hmm. fault. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's an actor named Josh Duhamel. I don't know if you remember him, but he won an Emmy for All My Children. Who cares? He played Danny McCoy on a show called Las Vegas. If you remember Las Vegas a while ago, he starred in three Transformer films. I never watched those. He played... Hobart in the movie Ramona and Beezus never saw that. He was just a construction worker and some modeling agency came along and said, Hey, you, and they put him in movies and TV. What you might know him about is that he married Fergie from, isn't she the lead singer for the black eyed peas? Mm -hmm. Fergie. He married her. They had a child and they separated eight years later. And that's the way it goes. But he also drove the official pace car for the NASCAR Indianapolis 500 in 2009. And in the 24 film, the picture of Dorian Gray, he was Dorian Gray. How about that? Now, here's an actor whose voice you may know, but you might not know his face. It's Patrick Warburton is 58 today. Deep comedic baritone voice. He was Cronk in The Emperor's New Groove, and he was on Kim Possible. He's had roles in a lot of shows, and he was David Putty on Seinfeld, if you remember. Warburton, his fabulous voice, does a lot of commercials. Now, here's what I was mentioning. Who did I say had to go buy wine? Was that you, Liz, for wine or champagne? Okay. okay. Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you know who Gary V is? You ever yeah. heard of him? Mike does. Yes, of course. He's forty-seven. He, um, they came from Russia. They lived in a small apartment in Queens, New York, the whole family. And he went and took over his father's wine store and turned it something called Wine Library TV. He started a video blog and he founded Vayner Media, a social media company. He wrote a best-selling book, Crush It, Why Now is the Time to Cash In on Your Passion. And we can take the word passion, can't we, Mike, Liz, and Kellyanne, and turn it to cash in on your creativity. He took over his father's wine business in New Jersey and named it the Wine Library. And he had a radio show, web-based talk program called Obsessed TV. And his goal, do you know what his goal is, Mike?
3: According own the to New him. York Jets.
1: That's it. He wants to own the New York Jets. He wants to make enough money. So when I think of wine stores, he put wine stores on social media. And I worked for a great big software company for many years. And we were one of the lead, shall we say, tenants in uh, Hudson Yards the new development on the west side of New York. And Gary V was already in that building. He was one of the charter people, wow. so, char- charter companies and he could afford that. I have a 10 year old I want to introduce to all of you. Her name is Sophie Fatu, F-A-T-U. She's a jazz singer and she's 10 years old today. Happy birthday, Sophie. And the only reason I'm telling you is because she did a cover of Frank Sinatra's My Way as a jazz singer in 2017. Now she was five years old and it went viral. Okay. She only has 430,000 subscribers to her new to YouTube channel. Uh, she did a cover of Fly Me, Fly Me to the Moon, and that got over 100,000 views. She was on season three of Little Big Shots, the TV show, and season 13 of America's Got Talent and Her Mother. Victoria Fatu is an award-winning concert pianist and singer who manages her little girl social media. Thank goodness a mommy is taking charge. But she is 10 years old, and she's on the famous birthdays chart for today. Now, I have three social media stars I want to introduce you to all having a birthday. There's a young man named Zeth, Z-E-T-H, who is 28, and he does uh, wholesome content creations on TikTok I want to tell you that he only has 4.7 million followers and he does videos featuring his young daughter. He's 28. I don't know how old she is, but 4.7 million. Liz and Kellyanne and Mike. Anybody close to 4.7 million (laughs) followers? Uh, I, 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 I didn't want to insult anybody. Then we have Chip Gaines. Everybody knows Joanna and Chip, remember, from Fixer Upper on HGTV. They own Magnolia Homes in Waco, Texas. He is 48 years old today. Happy birthday, Chip. I hope Joanna made you a very special birthday cake or not. And then we have a YouTube star who's 29, and his name is Chad with a J capital c capital w capital j one word he does comedic sketches and personal blog testimonials he worked as a camp counselor until his youtube channel took off he only has mike this guy needs your help he only has 1.8 million followers mike i think he seriously needs a brand baker a business baker (laughs) um he made a video last year oh sorry 2021 yes where he ate and trained like usain bolt the runner for a day and he did a video on that. So there you go. I have a couple of days at this day in history, 1965, Judy Garland, wed Mark Heron, who was, she was 43, he was 37, I don't know which husband number he was, they divorced four years later, but that might've been long for her. Michael Jackson on this day in 1996, wed Debbie Rowe of Sydney, Australia. She was a dermatology assistant. They lasted, marriage lasted three years, okay. And 2009, Kings of Leon drummer. I'm a drummer, so I like drummers in the news. Nate Followell wed singer Jesse Balin at the Wolf Den Farm in Brentwood, Tennessee. And I think they're still married. So there. Today, a couple of holidays. Loosen up, lighten up day. Liz, what do you think? Should we celebrate that? Everybody shake, shake, shake it, move it up, Come on, shake it. Let's loosen up. Let's lighten up. It's also national teddy bear day. And I have a whole closet full of teddy bears. So I should have brought one in. It's national family PJ day. That's a good Christmas gift or Hanukkah gift. It's national Marie day. We usually have a lady's name and a man's name every Monday for that week or that day. And when I was uh, closing on my house, I sold in, in Durham, ten, Durham, North Carolina to move here to Tennessee. The, I had to find out the routing and transit number where the, the buyer was going to be sending the funds. And I was told that of the bank I was using, the RN routing and transit number had changed. So I had to make five phone calls and I finally got a human being named Amanda and she helped me. And she told me the wrong information, but I said to her, Amanda, it's Thursday, and Monday was Amanda Day. And I told her that Amanda was a favorite name in the 1800s and 1900s by poets and playwrights, and it had reached a pinnacle of popularity in the U.S., and now it was on the decline. It was something like number 237 in favorite names, and she appreciated the information tremendously. Today is National Pickle Day. <laughs> National Pickle Day. She's like, who is this nut on the phone? <laughs> National, no wonder she gave me the wrong information. National Pickle Day is National Special. Spicy guacamole day. Any Guacamole. Anybody eat spicy guacamole? I have an avocado in the fridge. Should I make it spicy? Mike, what do you think?
3: I tried it first time, I guess, about two weeks ago. So I'm <laughs> I'm game for more. I'm game for more.
1: Okay, well, I'll share that as long as Liz is buying the wine. And it's global. <laughs> Mike, this is in your honor. It's Global Entrepreneurship Week. Did you know that, Mike?
3: I actually did. Yeah. yeah How did you I, know
1: that? Who told you before me I was supposed to break the news? <laughs> How dare they?
3: My apology. My apology. No, I was in a contest of such and they made it uh, made it aware. But uh, yes, happy entrepreneur month.
1: Happy entrepreneur month. Yes. I want to uh, read one more statement from Mike and then we'll do some clo We have about eight minutes left. and We'll do some closing advice on creativity and you'll all give where people can find you if you want website or email. Mike, I'm going to read your statement number four, because this is interesting and there's always a debate should your creativity have a monetary value to it or a monetary worth getting paid for it? That's all And I'll tell you a little story after this. But you say, for me personally, this is Mike Duduka talking, we're all unique, we all have a gift. And if you're not sharing yours, earning an income from it, then you need to get creative and find out why, how to get from point A to point B with your goals and dreams. And the answer lies with C, which stands for creativity, create a way. Mike, how important is it to make money from your creativity? And I'll tell you why I think it isn't after you tell me why it is. Go ahead. (laughs) This is the creativity challenge, everyone. Tune in. Go ahead.
3: Well, the first rule for me is that um, profits and money are a byproduct of passion and creativity. So they come regardless. And the more passion, more creative you are, you are going to have an interest, you're going to solve a problem, and people are going to want to pay to solve that problem. But ultimately, I think you have to enjoy the journey of being creative. You have to enjoy the entire process from A to Z. Because in order to just shoot for money, I'll be quite honest, there's no fulfillment in that. The fulfillment is in the journey and the process of creating a solution, solving a problem, helping others. That's where you're really going to feel content. And then with all this additional money, you can help others out and help them learn the creativity so we can better this damn world.
1: Okay, that's pro- <laughs> let me go around the table, Liz. You agree or disagree with Mike? Let's do
2: this. Oh wow. Um
1: you can yeah, pass. I mean, you know, I'm not I don't <laughs> want the pressure on you. You can say pass. It's okay.
2: Um, I'll pass for a minute and think about it. I'll let Kellyanne go first.
4: Kellyanne, thoughts? <laughs> Thank you for the hot seat. Thank you for the hot seat. <laughs> um, um, you know, my passion does make money. So I'm I'm kind of agreeing with Mike. However, um, I need money because I'm 56 years old with a three-year-old child, and I don't think Social Security is going to cut it for me, um, and I need a career going forward. So, instead of working in uh, structured social work and things where there's just a lot of limitations in my abilities, I'm, I'm taking my passion and using it for my retirement income. So, I'm, I'm with Mike. I, I think your passion can definitely be a source of income. However, you always got to keep a balance internally as to where this works, you know.
1: Interesting. Thank you. Very thoughtful answer. Liz, you're up. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm ready now. Okay. Well, we're think ready think you. interesting.
2: I think that um, what Kellyanne said really triggered something for me, which is that her, her passion mm-hmm. does make money, which is great. But I, I think it's really important to like go inward and pursue your passion, whether it makes money or not. Like for me, I I was working as a lawyer and I felt this absolute need and calling, you know, first to try to, to think of creative ways to have children, but then really to write a book about it. And when I wrote the book, I had no idea if I would make any money or if I would even sell it or if I'd be able to do anything with it. And for several years now, I've been working on the book and on other projects and, and writing quite a bit and helping other people. And honestly, it's, it's, the thing that's made me happiest in life, but it has not made me any money. So for a long time, I had to keep being a lawyer as well. And I'm now trying to focus like entirely on passion projects. But there is a reality to life that like you have to be able to make money. So some some people are very fortunate that their passion does make money and leads them to a career that makes money. But I think even if it doesn't, there can be super worthwhile um, creative pursuits that bring lots of benefit and you have to, you know, be afraid to go outside your comfort zone. I think even to make money, you have to be afraid to go outside your comfort zone, for sure. Uh, But even to not make money, I think sometimes people will lead a a life where they have a balance of making money because that's a practical thing we need to do to survive, but also pursuing their creative passions because that's the joy, that's that's what makes life wonderful.
1: I agree with that. I'll tell you all the story I've told on the show before. I'll make it very brief. Um, Many years ago, I was at some kind of a singles dance. We used to have big dances on Long Island you go to some mansion or some restaurant and you would go in and pay 20 bucks and there'd be I think you get a free soda or one glass of wine and then you're on your own And you wander from room to room to room meeting people greeting people trying not to look lonely trying not to look desperate oh my god I'm thrilled to be here I had nothing else to do on a Friday night okay and then uh, somebody would say to me uh, what do you do and I said well I'm I'm a radio broadcaster and they said what station and I told them and they said Mike, you're going to love this. I looked me in the eye and said, do you make money? And I said, no, um, this is a vanity station and I'm given the show for free. I don't pay for it. And I'm the bridge between a language station during the day and the, the radio show selling slots at night. I work for the station, but I don't make money. And they looked at me and said, well, you couldn't be any good if they're not paying you. No. Needless to say, I didn't go to dinner with him that night. But anyway, I, I never <laughs> forgot that my and I I was cutting my teeth on radio. I was learning how to host. I was I was a I was a natural, but I was still thrilled that I was going to a major oldest AM station on Long Island. And I got to sit there in that studio with an engineer and interview people and do whatever I wanted for an hour and then join some of the other hosts who were on after me and be part of their shows when they invited me to and meeting people. And it was just a wonderful experience. But I had been put on that your, your creativity and your passion don't matter if you're not making money. So that's my mic, I said something like, I have a little little issue with that. I've just been told by Josh that we've got three minutes left and I wanna make sure we get time before we close. I have a closing routine we're gonna do, takes about a minute. So let's go around the table and let's find out where you would like people to find you, either a website or uh, an email, no phone numbers and no personal addresses, please. Mike DiDuca, where can people find out more about you?
3: For sure. Um, the best bet would be to head to uh, diduca.ca, D-I-D-U-C-A dot C-A. Or if they're interested in the uh, forthcoming book, uh, I'll be giving out a free chapter. And that is A-B-C, how, E-Z, E-Z dot com.
1: Okay. And it's diduca.ca, D-I-D-U-C-A dot I like That's it. Right. It has a nice ring to it. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Liz Katkin. Where can people
2: find you or find out about you? I've got a website with a lot of information about me. That's www.conceivability.com. And if anybody wants to reach out directly, my email is elizabeth at conceivability.com
1: and i'm going to spell conceivability because it's got one of those tricky e i's in it so people may not remember c o n c e i v a b i l i t y so it's conceiv skip the e on that and then add ability conceivability.com i don't know how you got to snag that website but good for you i imagine that was that was a a, a bonus to to be able to get that it's a good word Kellyanne peterson where can people find you
4: they can find me at everydaywisdom dot com, And you e- can write F-O-R, families, or the number four. I've got them both.
1: E-V-E-R-Y-D-A-Y-W-I-S-D-O-M, 4-F-O-R, or the numeral 4, dot com. Did I get it? Yep.
4: And you wow. can find me on Facebook that way, too.
1: Okay, I didn't make it into the finals of the spelling bee in fifth grade because I thought there was a C in exercise before this, after the, never mind, I had the C in the wrong place. Okay, (laughs) kernel exercise, I think. One minute, let's go. Okay, everybody here, we're gonna do the closing and stick around afterwards, we'll talk. Life is short, break the rules. Yes, Mike, yes, Liz, Yes, yes, Kellyanne, break the rules, forgive quickly, kiss slowly. Trust me, it's the only way, if I could remember that far back. Love truly, laugh uncontrollably. All join me. We're going to laugh on control. It'll be one, two, three. I always threaten to do that at the beginning of the show. And I forget and never regret anything that made you smile. Never, never, never final closing. Work like you don't need the money because people don't care. Figure it out. Make your money, right? Mike, do it and be done. Dance like no one's watching. But when I was teaching dancing on a tabletop in a far cafeteria, everybody watched. It was disco. Sing like nobody's listening. I promise to try not to sing on my radio shows but once in a while, it just slips out. Yeah. And love like you've never been hurt because dang, we all have. Get over it. Let your heart heal and find a new way and love yourself first. Money talks. Yes, it does. Chocolate sings. la. And last but not least, thank you for turning me on. I stole that line. Josh at Voice America Empowerment. Thank you for being our engineer. Bye, Facebook. Bye, Voice America. Everybody...